Hey baddies, it's Jade Camille, aka JC. Welcome back to a Heart Unhardened podcast where we practice tending to our sacred garden and holding ourselves accountable for the love and abuse we give. All right, let's begin. So, as some of you may know, I have this wonderful, gorgeous dog named Silky. And he's just absolutely in love with staring at people, animals, and just thin air, apparently. Oh, man. <laughs> I take him out for a walk, and he could literally be mid-squat and will stop to stare. Like, we'll just, like, tuck it in and just stare at whatever is walking by. I'm just like, bro, mind your business. <laughs> I literally tell him this every day, at least twice a day. In this part of my life, I find myself telling myself the very same thing. Laura, mind your business. (laughs) Anytime I find myself concerned, overly concerned, hey, mind your business. It's okay. Focus on yourself. Focus on yourself. I have to keep reminding myself. Like, that's my current day mantra. So, I was like, There must be an art to this, LMAO. That's the title. The art of minding your own business. So I did look into this, but before I get into what I found in the articles, I just really want to talk about how compelling it can be to be outwardly focused. As we continually make it a practice to focus all of our attention outward, I noticed that we seem to be doing either one or two things. The first thing is living vicariously through others. It definitely has its appeal. (laughs) I mean, this is where we're looking at social media, we're looking at television, all different platforms of entertainment and information that we have available to us. We just sit and stare and watch and and even sometimes comment and critique like I and I do this a lot more less through screens and more like in books I love 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 to read and even like back then when I was a kid I loved to play sims it's just something about this the idea of experiencing life to a degree through somebody else the consequences aren't the same. We get to make choices that maybe we wouldn't really do in real life. We just get to kind of, I guess, experiment without ourselves being at risk, so to speak. We get to be a viewer, a follower on the outside looking in. And in some cases, we might even know that person or might have some kind of influence over that person, like a family member or friend or something like that. Somebody we manage or something that we get paid to do. And we put our focus on those other people. Looking at the lives of others is simply easy. It's just so much easier to do. And sometimes it serves as a escape from reality. We don't get to 
We don't have to be present in our own lives. We don't have to face our reality because we're essentially experiencing a different reality by just being an active, constant viewer and follower of other individuals. Take little to no effort. And sometimes we go completely out of our way to do it, to just stop and stare, to glance and comment, to to pull up a screen and scroll. And most importantly, not only is it easy, but there's no consequences, or so we think. I mean, of course, if someone does something unfavorable, every invested viewer will be able to point the finger and give backlash to that person, not to you, per se. You can't get canceled, you can't get called out, and in some cases, depending on whose life you're more invested in (laughs) than your own, you might even have some level of control. Just that one little, come on, if you do this, that, it'll be cool, or, ooh, you should look or sound like this or that, and, hmm, you should never do this or that, and it's just, these people never even asked you for your opinion, but you're just... You feel entitled to it, not just to having the opinion, but to forcing it onto someone else, projecting it. You're spending so much time and energy on this other person's life that you're not even living the kind of life that you're trying to project. You begin to lead a more hypocritical lifestyle, making it a habit to assert power over other people's lives rather than your own. While at the same time, you're relinquishing your power over yourself because you're so busy deeming it easier to control and judge and comment on what isn't rightfully yours to do so to begin with. Don't get me wrong. I think to an extent, all people are or can be hypocrites because we all fall short. But it's just the practice of being the person that you want to be versus trying to force somebody else to be it for you. Some other scenarios that go fall along the same lines is like um, having a friend that won't listen to your advice. So you actually get mad at them. You stop talking to them. You, you're you just like, all right, well, don't come crying to me when this, that, and the third. And I'm just like, why would you say that? Like, I get that you you care about this person, I think. And so it's it's hurting your feelings that the person isn't making the choices that you think that they should make and you you foresee them getting hurt and it's painful, but then you're telling them that because you won't listen to me and you won't live the life I want you to live, I can't talk to you. I can't associate with you. I can't be a part of your life anymore. And that's kind of weird. There's a difference between doing that and actually just growing apart from somebody naturally. It just like, okay, they're making this steady stream of choices and it doesn't align necessarily with what I want to surround myself with. That's different. That's just self-awareness. But you're genuinely upset at a person because you foresee them getting hurt and they're not doing moving the way that you want them to move. They are humans. They have their own opinions. That's natural. I'm not going to Blink just because you tell me to blink. You know what I mean? I'm not going to move just because you tell me to move. Maybe sometimes I will, maybe I won't. It's okay if they don't take your advice. It's okay. And if you're a friend and you are not negatively being impacted other than, you know, just wanting the best for them, you're still able to be your best version of yourself, then just continue to do that. 
That's all you have to do. You don't have to force anybody else to be what you want them to be. You just have to make sure that you're being who you want to be. Just practicing it. That's, that's it. The practice. It makes all the difference. And another thing is it's cancel culture and whatever. Feel however you want to feel about this. But are you serious? We literally make it a thing to dehumanize people. To seek after people with different opinions, different responses and reactions than what we feel like they should have. And then we seek to hurt them. We seek to hurt their feelings. We seek to write mean comments. We seek to destroy their career the way that they make money over whatever it is that you saw on the social media. That's probably not even the full story. Hypocrisy. <laughs> like, they made a mistake. They're human and they're living their life however they see fit. And because it's public, that makes you feel like you have the right to go and tear them down. If anybody listening to this can tell me how that makes you a better person, please tell me. Please inform me. Why? Because your mistakes aren't out in the open for the public to see. Because you're not that famous. That's what's, that's, that's the difference. <laughs> mistakes are mistakes. Sin is sin. Wrong is wrong. <laughs> and it's not your place to enforce all of these judgments. But yet, mm, we are minding everybody else's business and that makes us feel like we have a right. <laughs> so, vicariously living through others... Enforcing, reinforcing judgment, escaping reality, same boat. Along with that, the other thing that we sometimes tend to do when we're not minding our own business is kill ourselves giving. Don't get me wrong. Generosity is an amazing thing. It is a wonderful thing. But if you're doing it without holding yourself accountable for replenishing the stuff that you need, it can easily, easily be very abusive to your relationship with yourself. By all means, give and give, and I can absolutely relate, but you can start to feel the point at which this line should be drawn and has been crossed when little by little, the tiny, the teeny, teeny, tiny dots of resentment begins to surface on your heart. All of a sudden, you're giving with a fading smile. You're always worn out. You start sighing at the sight of people that you know that you care about, that you know matter to you. You all of a sudden get random bursts of anger and frustration. You begin to question your self-worth. That's because while you've been giving nonstop without considering your own energy, time, and wellness, subconsciously, you've been holding the folks you give to accountable for filling you back up and giving you what you need physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, or otherwise. Most of the times you aren't really aware of the fact, but since your body is giving out signals constantly and it's telling you, telling the rest of you that it it needs to be taken care of in some way, shape, or form. But you're denying it in giving. Giving without putting back into yourself. Your body is just like, if not you, then who? <laughs> and well, then you know the rest. Personally, I relate a lot to this. I dedicated years as 
the oldest of five in a single parent household, having such a a very high sense of responsibility and a deep desire to see my family at their best. Of course, um, there were plenty of moments where I felt alone um, with the weight of my world and everybody else's on my shoulders. It was easy for me to consume myself with problems that weren't mine, even seeking them out very often, just seeking out problems because in my head, I was just trying to be a solution, solution to everybody else but myself. I quickly fell apart. I suffered many breakdowns and a lot of, um, a lot. But God has recently delivered me to a point in my life where I have my own space for the first time. So first of all, getting my own place was a very drastic turn. I went from dwelling into multiple households with eight plus people sometimes or with very lovable but time demanding children to just being in a place with my dog. And um, when I first moved in, my body was like super tense. Like, so tense that I didn't even know what to do with myself. I would tend to my dog, work, tend to my dog, sweep five times a day, and anticipate someone to be at my at my door. And then there was no one ever at my door. So I was a little bit, like, shaken up by this, like, sudden change of lifestyle. Like, it was a completely, it's a new lifestyle for me. Yeah, haven't slept better. <laughs> my best friend's response to my question of why aren't you over here all the time was, I know where you've come from and I know that you need room to do what you want to do and to have peace of mind and peace and quiet. And I was like, dang, like, it's so crazy because I knew this while I was so busy drowning in the stress of everybody else adding to my own problems, I had those same exact thoughts like, yes, this is what I need. But it began to feel so impossible. The stress and outward attention, always having less and always coming last and often never at all. It had become my lifestyle so much that I still worry heavily about how much money I can give, how much time I can invest to my family, even though I'm away. But ah, this time it's different. Every time I found myself obsessing over how to make someone else's life easier and give what I honestly didn't have to begin with, I would hear God clear as day tell me to focus on myself. It'd be like, you're here for you right now. And then I'd just be like, okay. And if I still found myself trying to go out of my way to do something, I'd suddenly get like these flashes of these moments where I'd actually wondered if God would ever help me better me, grow me so that I would be able to give without killing myself in the process. I thought that I was here to love and to not be loved. And it's really crazy, but I feel like there's a lot of people that, that feel like that. I was like, okay, I give. That's the sole reason that I'm here. But God loves me too. I matter too. And that's the thing that I was forgetting. I get it now. If I spend even a fraction of the time and resources I spent dedicating to the people that I love, to making a positive impact on my loved ones and if I 
spent even a fraction on myself, imagine how far I can get if I just fully dedicated to me. I'm not saying to be completely rude and completely selfish, but if you are never focused on yourself, it can be very degrading, very abusive. You're training yourself to think that you don't matter, that you are never meant to be put first. But yeah, no, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, just was done for. But God has his hands on me and everything. So I think it's time to start diving into what I do and have been doing and what I did discover on the line, okay? So this Forbes article, when it comes down to practicing refraining from forcing your thoughts, wishes, and judgment on others, contributor Gretchen Rubin, she gives a few tips on how to practice minding her own business. A few of them that stood out to me. She said, I remember no one asked my advice. Quite frankly, I was always a, hey, did you know? And a, well, according to my calculations type of child growing up. But yeah, no one really likes a know-it-all. Besides, I'd end up confusing more people than not. Because honestly, who the heck asked me? LMAO. And then another great article, um from morningcoach.com also made it a great point that sometimes in constantly giving your opinions and suggestions for another person's life can stimulate a sense or idea um, or feeling of brokenness for that individual. Like the idea that that person or that person's life is something that needs to be fixed. It creates a very unhealthy balance with repairing the things in your life that you deem in need of repair. Because instead of working on those points, you're constantly finding them in other people. That's That doesn't do you or that other person any good. Sadly, I'm... I know I'm guilty of this one. And for anyone who I've ever made feel this way, I'm really sorry. Know that it came from a place of love. It is no excuse. I'm aware that I've done this before. So I'm going to make it a practice to refrain from doing this in the future. And I do apologize. In the article, she also says, I remind myself that I don't know the full story and that it can be very easy to assume boy oh boy have i gotten into some trouble for this one one time my friend came up to me because like someone was being mean to him and um i wrote this girl mad paragraphs telling her off only to find out that being mean meant politely declining his feelings after he'd actually been totally rude to her i really like that girl too Bridge burned, lesson learned, (laughs) LMAO. But because I assumed I knew the full story, I inserted myself where I didn't belong and paid the consequences that was initially unnecessary. The last two things that she reminds herself um, that I totally agree with. One, what works for me may not work for someone else and vice versa. 
to. I need to be more aware of what is and isn't directly affecting me. So for the first one, I can't explain that any further. What works for you, what you do for you, what your what is good in your life or what constantly look a certain way or follow a certain rule or pattern may not apply to somebody else's life. And you can't take everybody's advice and you can't expect everybody to take yours, especially not all the time. As far as what she said about being aware of what's affecting her, I was like, okay, that it doesn't affect me mentality comes really well when it applies to celebrities and influencers, people that you're not necessarily personally close with. Stressing over what somebody else does or doesn't do, it doesn't affect your life. And if it does, the only thing that you have a say-so on is your response and how you react. That's it. And besides giving all your energy and stuff like that to all these people based off of what they did and didn't do, when you don't even have the full story, I think it's very important to remind yourself that you don't know everything. You only see what's out there to be seen. I also read on onewithnow.com, LMAO. Maybe I should find a better way to quote these articles. (laughs) Anyways, one of the last things is offer your help or advice with no strings attached. Help only from a place of love and compassion, not guilt or expectation. And I think that's a really important thing to know. Because when you're extending your hand out of guilt and extending your hand expecting something or expecting someone to move, you're just setting yourself up for failure. Honestly, you're not being considerate to yourself and your own feelings and you're not giving for the right reasons. You shouldn't give because you feel guilty about it. You should give because you feel compassionate about it. You shouldn't give expecting a person to move how you want them to. If you're giving your word and your advice, it's just to to put it out there because it may potentially help. Offering advice, a hand, a helping hand, a perspective from a place of love and compassion. And that's the only way that you should give, in my opinion, of course. If you have one that's different, definitely feel free to let me know. But some of the other things that I've been putting into practice that helps me out. I allow myself to do things just for fun and remember to rest. That's been incredibly difficult, honestly. I have a tendency of talking down to myself for not being productive, but I'm trying to make it a practice to value those things, to value fun and rest. And placing value on those things, they actually become productive as well. They are definitely important and remembering that it can create a healthy boundary to where you're able to look after the people that you love while also looking after yourself as well. For me personally, I remember the person that I was when I was deprived of fun and rest and um, yeah, I was not the version of myself that I was actually okay with being so Something's gotta give. Oh, another thing that I try to remember is that everyone has their own journey. I try to value the variety of life that there is. I remember one time my auntie, she told me a story and I can't quite remember how it goes, but something along the lines of seeing someone who looked completely different from her and she kind of condemned them to hell. 
because they just look different. They didn't look like, I guess, a typical Christian. And so she was just like, wow, you're going to hell. But then she said God checked her and was like, little do you know, she's actually closer to me than you are. And boy, if that isn't humbling, I don't know what it is. (laughs) So I'm just like, imagine that everyone is walking in multiple branches of purpose in life varieties of different types of audiences and viewers and areas of impact we can't all look talk and walk the same for that reason alone it's it's beautiful instead of condemning someone to my thoughts and limitations my projections of what a life should look like i try my best to practice acknowledging the beauty of the difference and variety of life that's around me i mean I'd scream and beg to wake up if every soul in every journey resembled mine. I'm just saying. It's kind of freaky, LMAO. I love the saying, put your own oxygen mask on first. I think that's important to remember. And I've been kind of like reminding myself that too. Telling myself, hey, it's okay to breathe. And if I can't breathe, then I am no good to anybody else as well. So then everybody's just suffering. I've also learned the hard way that people are okay without me. My family, whenever I thought like, if I don't do it, then who will? If I don't help, then how will they survive? Went away because circumstances forced me to go away. I came back, looked into the window. Everybody's still fine. If anything, they're probably better off. And I'm just like, oh, wow. They are good without me. I didn't realize that in seeking problems and trying to be the solution. Honestly, I was kind of taking credit away from God. I wasn't actively trying to be God, but that's the role that I gave myself. I've said, I'm responsible for everything that happens in everybody's life, except for mine. And if I'm not there and present in their life, their life is going to crumble. Like, why did I assign myself that much power? (laughs) Why did I assign myself that much responsibility? I don't know why we do this, but that's one of the biggest things that is really important for me personally to remember is that God has my back. I don't have to be everything for everyone. I can just be the human that I was created as. I fall short and I am not perfect and I am worthy of being loved and taken care of as well as to love and to take care of. So I don't ever feel like I'm alone anymore. The areas that I, that concern me most, I just, honestly, I I just talk to God. I'm like, God, you got me, right? All right, cool. Thank you. My mom asked me if I prayed over her every day and I'm just like, well, I don't really know. I kind of just be like, God, you know my concerns. All right, thanks. And that's it. Like, it, it's helped me a lot. And honestly, that's that's really the only thing that's keeping me through. So the art of minding your own business really starts with holding yourself accountable for replenishing yourself, holding yourself accountable for replenishing yourself and to stop holding yourself accountable for everyone else's life, to become more present in your own life. Stop trying to escape your reality when you do have the ability and the power to shape and change your reality. I am going to shut up because honestly I could talk forever and I really am trying to refrain from talking in circles. So um yeah, how about that outro? (laughs) 